Hello listeners and welcome to another installment of the Sweeney Saga. Now before I get started on this week's episode, I do want to say to each and every one of you, thank you. Um, I just actually crossed 100 total listens and for each and every one of you, whether it be family, friends, and everyone in between, for taking the time and listening to this podcast, uh, I express my eternal gratitude. I just, I think it's awesome that you guys would take the time to uh, listen to some of my opinions on TV, sports, film, uh, whatever it is that I end up talking about. And everybody who's gone along this journey with me so far, I just appreciate everything. And uh, yeah, that that's all I have to say. I just, I'm excited to have, to be doing this and trying to get better every episode and to have a loyal group of listeners that have been listening every week and tuning in. Um, it's just really cool, and I just thank every one of you for doing that. Um, so I did say in last week's episode that this one was going to be a little delayed, and that was because I wanted, uh, free agency to kind of play out, and it started on June 30th, so I wanted to give it a week and, uh, let every transaction kind of go in and go down and get, uh, get accomplished because, uh, a lot of times some of the bigger names may sign later um but i'm glad that i gave that delay and gave myself time for that because not only did a bunch of things happen in free agency that i'm going to talk about but the delay also gave me time to accomplish something that i didn't think i was going to and that was binge watching all of stranger things now this third season of stranger things i didn't have a whole lot of expectations for i didn't and that's because i didn't watch a ton of the promotion material other than the initial teaser and then I think they released either one or two more after that but I stayed away from it because I didn't want to give myself some unrealistic expectations and I gotta say that after I watched all of it season three was my favorite season of Stranger Things so far um there's part of me that whenever I watched season two I still thought that maybe it excelled in a lot of parts where uh season one is kind of you know, laying the groundwork of the story and introducing you to all the characters and making you love a lot of the characters because that's the strongest point of Stranger Things, I think, is uh, just the different characters that you have. And everybody in this show does a great job. And season three is no different. Um, David Harbour as Hopper uh, and Finn Wolfhard as uh, as Mike are two of my favorites. And uh, And there's just... There's a lot of talent on this show, and Netflix did such a great job at casting it. But, uh, like I said, season one, you kind of have that groundwork in the plot. And then season two just kind of expands upon that. And then, uh, even though the monster and everything from both of those seasons doesn't really seem completely repetitive, because there are minor tweaks about it, um, the end of season two kind of gave... Uh, sort of a foreshadowing of you know the monsters still there from season two and so season three I was a little bit worried about how they were going to incorporate that and give a fresh new feel of uh of that you know the nemesis of this season I would say and uh and they really put a really interesting spin on it and I enjoyed it thoroughly I think that the incorporation of using uh, some of the characters as the actual uh, enemies of the show, I think, of the bad guys of the show, I would say. Um, It was really original, 
And I think that it worked for me on a lot of levels because you do get more of that character interaction. And, uh, and really, from top to bottom, what I was thinking of while I was watching this, because it's a really easy watch, if you haven't watched all of it so far, or if you've watched some of it, I think that you probably agree. It's It just seems like it goes from beat to beat to beat every every episode, and it doesn't give a lot of downtime. And I was wondering why it felt like that, and then I was thinking about it, and that's that this season really didn't take any time at all for subplots, which were evident in season one and two very heavily. And uh, and a lot of those subplots, some of them are mentioned, most of them are you know love story related, whether it be between Hopper and Joyce or Mike and Eleven. Um, there's a few other ones. Uh, between new characters that I won't really get into um, but they're all done really well but none of them are really uh, are really looked at deeply in any specific episode which I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing it's just that this season is extremely fast-paced so you know the story clicks along uh, without skipping a beat and and I think that it really benefited from that. Not saying that I don't like uh, some extra, you know, side stories or something like that with some with some of the characters, but overall, I would just say that this season was extremely well done. Uh, everything about it, the you know, the overall presentation of it. Like I said in some of my Netflix reviews of films and every other Netflix movie that I watched this year that I haven't reviewed on here. Um, everything that Netflix does now just looks like a big budget studio accomplishing things and what they were able to do with this season of Stranger Things is no different. Everything looks extremely well. The cast and all the acting I would say there's not a weak spot in this cast that I would say if they replace that character with somebody else then this would be better because everybody plays uh, plays their character so well that you just feel feel and have a connection to everybody in this show and it's really just amazing what they can accomplish with a show like this that kind of has uh, a premise that's sort of out there and takes some uh you know takes I w I'm not gonna say it's unrealistic or too unrealistic but you know you have to kind of buy into the premise and it the, the overall story is just so good that you really love every single minute of this epi or of this season just like I did. And uh, I think that if you're a fan of the first two seasons, you're really going to be a fan of this season. And uh, I would definitely give that one my stamp of approval. And uh, the second topic for this week's episode is, of course, the, uh, the huge free agency uh, extravaganza, I would say, that took place um, starting Sunday you had over $3 billion given out in contracts on the first day, which that was a new record. Um, <clears throat> the NBA cap is kind of ridiculous, in my opinion, uh, what some players are able to take compared to other players. It's just insane how much money is thrown around these days in uh, professional sports, but that's beside the point. But yeah, over $3 billion happened or was given out in contracts on Sunday, and a new record so it seemed like news was flying at you extremely fast um there's really so many overlapping uh signings 
that I hadn't really decided how I'm going to break this down. So I think I'm going to try to go uh, kind of from time of signing and then it, you know, it might not stay in that structure, but uh, the first domino to kind of fall in this whole thing was, I think it was Saturday, they, uh, it was reported that the Celtics emerged as the front runners to sign Kimball Walker from the Hornets. Now, I expected Kimba to leave because I don't think he was going to get the help that he needed in Charlotte, and uh, it was kind of shocking to to hear him tied to the Celtics, even though it made sense because it was pretty much a foregone conclusion that Kyrie was on his way out. But I think that the Celtics picked up, or I think that they made the right decision by going with Kimba and giving him the max contract because I love watching Kyrie Irving. I think he is an immensely talented superstar, but he does need that secondary star player um, to succeed, I think, because you have these young guys in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, and they needed a veteran leadership from a superstar, and I think that Kimba's going to give them that. I think that he's going to play with an intensity that those guys will want to follow, and uh, and Kyrie just didn't really give that to them because as much as I love him, he's kind of wishy-washy, and I don't think that he's a great leader. Um, but I think that Kimba really is going to make the Celtics uh, maybe not the favorites, but I think definitely top two in the East next year. Um, and like I said, with Kyrie leaving, uh, the foregone conclusion was that he was going to go to the Nets, which, if I'm not mistaken, I think that that was the second piece of information as far as big superstar signings go, um, they announced that Kyrie was going to the Nets. And then the uh, the biggest thing, even though it was Vegas odds, I think this was the, the first blockbuster that really went through, and that was that Kevin Durant was going to join him in Brooklyn. So now you have a pairing of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, which sadly is an NBA fan. Uh, we won't get to see these two on the court together unless Kevin Durant returns later this year, maybe February, March at the earliest, if he comes back at all. And I would say that that would be if Brooklyn is in playoff contention and he and Kevin Durant feels like he could come back. Um, but that was the first real huge star to uh, to switch teams. So for him to leave Golden State, it really kind of feels like that I don't want to say that the dynasty's over because you still have Steph, you still have Draymond, and uh, and another player that I'll get to later. But uh, but yeah, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant teaming up in Brooklyn is really crazy. I feel terrible for the Knicks fans because apparently Kevin Durant did really want to go to the Knicks, but Kyrie, uh, Brooklyn is his hometown team, and he wanted to go back home and he was able to convince Kevin Durant to come sign with him, and that's that's crazy. And then after those two signed, then DeAndre Jordan leaves the uh, the Knicks, goes across the city to the, <laughs> to the Nets, and then you know that gives them a formidable big three along with the pieces that Brooklyn already has. So I'm really excited to watch that team play. They're going to be decent next year because you essentially take D'Angelo Russell uh, away from the team, which I like D'Angelo. I'll get into him later. But you remove D'Angelo Russell from the Nets. 
you insert Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan, who will be able to play right away with Karis LeVert and uh, and Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, and those guys that already played there last year. And then you have the potential for KD to come back at the in the latter portion of the 2019-2020 season. But if he even if he doesn't come back, they're both on four-year deals, so the next three years after that, they are definitely uh, top two or three contenders in the East um, and will be for the next three years. So the next thing that I'll get to, this is kind of a smaller headline, but with Kyrie going to uh, the Nets, Kimba came to the Celtics, and Al Horford left the Celtics and signed with the Sixers. Now, this isn't humongous news, other than uh, the Sixers, I think, are going to be the second best team in the East this year, because they also decided to <clears throat> re-sign Tobias Harris on a max deal, which is kind of crazy to me to see what kind of money Tobias Harris is making, but at the same time, he is a solid player. He worked really well for them last year, and then now you have a starting five uh, consisting, or can you have a starting five consisting of four players that are six nine and above, which is just insane because you insert Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and then Jason Richardson who came over from the Heat, and that'll bring me into the next signing. I know it's kind of hectic, but uh, <clears throat> you know just bear with me on getting all this out just because there's a lot of stuff, there's a lot of moving pieces. Like I said, a lot of overlap here, so. <clears throat> Philadelphia elected to give the max contract to Tobias Harris, which, and then after signing Al Horford, effectively left them unable to re-sign and retain Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler decides to go to the Heat, so <laughs> you have Jimmy Butler switching teams, going to the Heat, spreading out some more talent in the East, which I think is really, just really cool to see from an NBA, uh, from a as big of an NBA fan as I am. I just want to see the most level playing field that there can be and interesting matchups. And I think that all those uh, have been given at the end of free agency. So it's just going to be really cool to see how everybody comes together with their new teams next season. Um, So Jimmy Butler goes to Miami. And in order to do that, they did have to do a sign and trade. And the biggest effect that that had, I think, was sending Hassan Whiteside over to Portland, which Portland is, they spent a lot of money that I didn't know that they had because uh, while all this free agency was going on, Damian Lillard was not a free agent and they ended up giving him a, a super max extension. So he's going to be making $45 million plus a year. Um, they keep Rodney Hood, they re-signed him, they pick up uh, Hassan Whiteside and I think that that puts them right in the middle of the pack in the Western Conference. Um, I think that, that was a really solid move for them to pull that off because they do need somebody to help out Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. And I'm excited to see what that team can do as well. Um, so I'll get to one of the bigger signings. Uh, not really only signings, but one of the bigger moves in general. And it was kind of, it came late in the night on, uh, on that first night and definitely took everybody by surprise. So in the wake of Kevin Durant leaving to to take his talents to Brooklyn, uh, 
the Warriors were kind of in a tough position because they don't have Klay Thompson probably until at least 2020 and not necessarily the 2020 season but I think this season in January or something like that he'll probably come back unless there's some kind of setback for his rehab um they kind of had to save face a little bit and they pulled off a sign and trade and gave away some picks and Andre Iguodala so that they can sign uh D'Angelo Russell from the Nets now I love D'Angelo Russell I really wanted to see him uh come back to Los Angeles because he he was one of those players rumored that they were going to give a max contract to um but nobody expected <clears throat> the Warriors to be able to pull off this sign and trade um I they're going to be fun to watch um with Clay Thompson out uh they definitely knew that they had to get Steph a running mate and to be able to bring in D'Angelo Russell who's you know an extremely talented guard I mean I think he probably averaged 22 or something like that if I had to guess off the top of my head last year and uh and help take that Brooklyn team to the playoffs definitely a big accomplishment um but I don't think that he fits the fast-paced team ball system that uh, Golden State has. I can't steal this statistic for myself because I saw Nick Wright uh, present it on on his morning show on FS1. But D'Angelo Russell actually had, uh, I think, 12 less pick-and-roll plays uh, just by himself that Golden State had in total last year. So... I know that Curry could play off the ball, but I don't think D'Angelo is going to be uh, a straight-up shooting guard the way Clay is because Clay fits seamlessly in their system with Steph Curry. Those two are just kind of made for each other. So to take Clay away, to take Kevin Durant away, and then you have Curry working with his new teammate D'Angelo Russell, it's just going to be... I, I still think that they are good enough to uh to make it in the playoffs but it's not going to be golden state of old now once clay comes back um there is speculation that they might end up trading d'angelo russell whether it be closer to the all-star deadline or you know maybe before that maybe next season it's really hard to tell because they do have to end up paying draymond green uh next year and i don't i think that if they decide to retain draymond that they probably will end up letting D'Angelo Russell go but uh as for now it'll be really interesting to see what that team can evolve into um so kind of getting into the last two big stories that I'm gonna go with I'm gonna start out with uh with the one team in LA that they expected to make a splash and that's the Lakers now they ended up missing on their big dog Kawhi Leonard but they were able to save face a little bit and that kind of came with uh, the announcement of signing Danny Green, which Danny Green obviously won the championship last year. He's a great three-point shooter. He played with LeBron in Cleveland. He beat LeBron whenever he was in San Antonio, so the dude knows how to win the finals um, and step up in big moments. I think that his play style is going to work really well with that team. Uh, they end up re-signing Contavious Caldwell-Pope, which I don't necessarily love, but he's a good enough role player. Um, JaVale McGee comes back and then they end up signing DeMarcus Cousins on a vet minimum which I think is just insane uh, it kind of it really sucks for him because before he got injured 
I think that just about everybody would have given him big money two years ago. Then he goes to LA, or I mean, he goes to Golden State, signs a mid-level exception, and I think if he wouldn't have gotten injured again with that uh, ruptured quad and everything, that he would he would be getting big money again this year. But because he didn't, that it was reported that there was no market for him. And uh, with his old teammate from New Orleans coming to Los Angeles, um, it kind of just seems like a perfect fit for DeMarcus to just take another year, try to prove himself, and get another big contract, all while competing with a ring, or competing for a ring, and playing with LeBron and Anthony Davis and all these uh, now solid young role players that they brought back in. Uh, not all, not all of them are young. But you still you they also signed Quinn Cook, which I failed to mention. They were able to retain Alex Caruso. And I think that all these teams or all these guys can help the Lakers uh contend for a championship. And that brings me into my last story, or my last uh bit of signing news from free agency. And this one was a doozy. Um I'll set it up before I actually say it, even or before I actually give my thoughts. But uh, it's kind of like one of those moments where you remember uh, the night or what you were doing whenever you saw a bit of news. And for me in free agency, that that's happened multiple times. I remember where I was. Uh, I was at work at Dairy Queen whenever LeBron announced that he was going to go to uh, go to Miami to join the Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. Um, I remember I was in Victoria's Secret with my uh, then-girlfriend, now-wife, at the time, while she was checking out, Um, and I got the news that he came, that he was coming back to Cleveland, and I remember, I believe I was at a Taco Bell or something like that whenever I got the news that Kevin Durant was going to Golden State. So, now it brings me to... I was at work on night shift. I was watching something on my phone because it was on a break because uh, the workers were on break. And I get a notification that uh, not the main part of the news, but the secondary part. Um, this was about 10 or 15 minutes act- after it actually happened. I went back and checked the timestamps. Um, but the notification was that the Clippers traded for Paul George. So completely confused why this would happen even though I knew it had to have been uh what actually had happened uh I immediately checked on Twitter went to Adrian Wojnarowski's uh profile who breaks who's an NBA insider for uh, ESPN and he breaks all kinds of stories and he just drops a bomb at 1:54 a.m. um that Kawhi has that Kawhi Leonard has informed uh all of the runner-ups that were in the sweepstakes of signing him that he is signing with the Clippers now that was shocking but then a minute later he drops the news that the Clippers have traded for Paul George so now you go from uh what everybody thought by Monday and Tuesday that it was a two-horse race between Kawhi going to the Lakers or the Raptors um and the Clippers were essentially out of it by Wednesday. Um, fast forward to 2 a.m. on, well, I guess technically Saturday, but Friday night, and uh, and Kawhi ends up blowing off the chance to play with LeBron and uh, and Anthony Davis, blowing off the chance of going 
back to the team that he just brought their first championship and instead going to Los Angeles uh he essentially still gets to go back home and then bringing all-star Paul George with him uh it's it was insane <laughs> everybody was freaking out over the news myself included um I I was so excited because as much as I uh love watching LeBron and want to see that Lakers team just uh I wanted to see the what I would say would have been the greatest collection of talent of all time with him, Anthony Davis and LeBron. And uh <laughs> but instead he goes to Los Angeles and everybody's been saying that Kawhi is the chosen one who has decided to restore balance to the NBA and now you have legitimately 10 teams that have decent odds to win the NBA Finals. Um, The Clippers, with the addition of Kawhi and Paul George, while retaining the team that they had for the most part from last year outside of of those players traded to get him, uh, they have leapfrogged the Lakers as title favorites. And I don't want to say rightfully so because these are two dudes that have never played together, but you have such a great collection of talent in the Clippers. They, I think they'll be the first or second best defensive team in the league, and it's going to be scary to watch what those dudes can do. Um, it's even crazier that now you have four of probably uh, the top eight players in the league playing in the same city, cross-town rival, or cross not even town, you have cross uh, arena rivalry just on the other side of the hall in the locker room. Uh, you're going to have these guys facing each other in the same conference, same division. And it's just, it's it has me so excited. Just everything from this offseason has played out perfectly. There's been a couple things uh, that I would have liked to have seen happen that didn't. But overall, I couldn't be more pleased with how this uh, how this free agency period has turned out. Um, the one lingering piece of news, which could happen, and then I would report on it later when that does happen, uh, if it would happen, is with the abrupt trading of Paul George, news has came out that the Thunder might be wanting to move Russell Westbrook. Now, this is obvious. Um, if they are willing enough to accept that they aren't going to win a championship, so they'd be willing to trade a record number of picks, or they would be willing to trade Paul George for a record number of picks, that just tells you that they are in full-on rebuild mode. And uh, it's kind of hard to rebuild if you have a superstar that you weren't completely in love with getting paid $40-plus million a year. And uh, for that reason, they are looking to move Westbrook. There's a couple potential suitors. Now, if that may actually happen, I'm not sure what the chances are, so that may be some news that I report on later this week. Um, But other than that, uh, unless something else drops, I am going to take a little bit of a break from from NBA news and probably be bringing uh, mostly movie reviews, some TV, and uh, an NFL season is less than a month away. Uh, NFL preseason, that is. But I did see another stat that uh, college football is also just a little over a month away. So we have a bunch of good things uh coming down the road here uh things are really going to start to ramp up after the mlb all-star break so it'll be the push for the postseason there 
uh, NFL preseason and college getting ready to start. Uh, and then, like I said before, the slate of movies is insane. I'm going to go see Spider-Man in two days, um, Lion King and Quentin Tarantino's film Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's later this month. There's a lot of things that I'm excited about uh, to get into for this podcast. And like I said at the beginning of that of the episode, I appreciate everybody who takes the time to uh, to listen to this. I appreciate there's all the support and uh and yeah, so I will continue trying uh get better with every episode and uh until then, I'll see you guys on the next one.